Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. This is episode 182. Rise Up Network is committed to sharing the good news, sharing the stories of servant leaders, those men and women that are out there in the marketplace and in the community, making a difference for others. And we're actually, we have a great leader in studio, starting at the very beginning of life, someone who's a doctor in the neonatal department at Sharp Mary Birch Hospital, uh, which happens to be near and dear to my heart, as you know, my wife and I, our family, that's where we delivered our first child, um, our baby, and I'm very excited to have Dr. Anoop Katharia in studio with me. Welcome, Thank sir. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so, gosh, I mean, I, I could just jump in and kind of share, you know, our story and our miracle and just, you know, how much I am grateful yeah. for what you guys do there. And I'm excited to have this conversation and share what you're doing on the research side, why this is all relevant and what you see kind of for the future. But first, you know, a little bit of background, you know, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I originally from Chicago, but we moved when I was around 10 years old to uh, California. And uh, I met my wife in college. We went to UCLA together. Nice. And, uh, yeah, from there decided I wanted a career in medicine, working with kids in some respect, and then uh, ended up getting into medical, medical school out in Philly and then came yeah. back to California for my pediatric training. And then at some point along the lines, while I loved working with children, there was something about newborns and just being part of that birthing process and, and just the impact we were having on, on deliveries that really focused my interest in neonatal, um, uh, neonatal medicine. So then I did a fellowship at UCSD and I've uh, stayed in San Diego since early 2000 and haven't wanted to leave since. So it's been really great. Phenomenal. So, you know, you're, you obviously you studied pediatrics yes. and then at some point along the way you know I said all right I want to focus on babies yes I want to focus on the beginning of life what what had you choose that yeah I, you know there's something different you know we, we all love working with children and I think one of the things with pediatric medicine in general is it's not just the child it's the parent as you yeah. experience your your experience with your own uh, uh, son's birth uh, there's something different about when you're when you're building a relationship with a mother and father that that starts from birth and that continues on through that whole care for that baby. One of the things to sort of mention is that um, in, in neonatal medicine, we, t we take care of full-term babies that sometimes have problems at birth, but the vast majority of what we take care of are babies who are born too early, as early as towards the end of the second trimester, which is four months early, if you put wow. it in a perspective. Yeah. So those same babies born at 23 weeks uh, gestation will spend four months with us in the hospital. Their mother, their father will seek care from us, their nurses, and there's a bond there that just go continues to go on. And you, you just don't see that in a lot of medicine these days. There's these quick yeah. five, 10 minute office visits, your doctor is sort of the person who prescribes you something or not, but we really form the, really a lifelong bond. I mean, we were there at the time their child was born and, and we're continuing to provide care. So that really interested me from a clinical aspect. Mm. And then the other half of it that I, I really wanna also talk about today is that there's so much in that area though that we haven't really understood well. Like what can we do at birth that can really help improve the outcomes of these babies. Not just uh, full-term babies with problems, but premature babies. There's so many problems that they have lifelong. It's the number one cause of cerebral palsy. Still, childhood mortality is still attributed to preterm birth. There's wow. still a lot there we can do in medicine that can really help those children. And our field as a whole is much younger than many other fields of medicine. We're only about 50 years old. Uh, it started off with uh, you know, Patrick Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's son who died and he was only born six weeks early and a lot of money went into how can we help premature babies. So a lot of pediatricians then mm. became neonatologists. And I think 
we have an opportunity and an obligation to really try to help move this field forward as some of the other older disciplines of medicine. So it's really exciting to be at something that's new, that's impactful, that you have a really lifelong bond with families. And I think all those things together, you know, really are what drove me into going into neonatology. Wow. Wow. I mean, and, you know, I share with my story with you beforehand, yeah. you know, I think it's it's so important and I'm grateful for Sharp Mary Birch and what you do. I mean, you know, we went in thinking we were having a, a traditional delivery yeah. and, you know, fast forward four hours into it, you know, my wife and then unborn son had a breakdown, you know, yeah. blood pressure dropped, heart rate dropped in half. Yeah. And, you know, you end up having this emergency C-section, you know, yeah. and at the time, you know, everything the nurse had said four hours beforehand that, hey, if there is an emergency, this is exactly what's going to happen. The room's going to fill up. All the nurses are going to come in. Doctors come in. All these things. It happened like clockwork. Yeah. And still, you can't be prepared. I'm yeah. like holding my wife's hand, like freaking out. Why is it ghost? And then, you know, they do what they do for several minutes. And then they're like, all right, this isn't working. We're going to the OR. And then, you know, you go to the OR and the miracle of life happens. And I'm just forever grateful for that. And, you know, we now have a healthy 20 month old boy. Yeah. But I was just so taken aback at the level of care and professional and how fast and seamless things worked yeah. in kind of a calm, orderly manner. And then the amount of attention that my wife and son got, you know, in the subsequent 6, 12, 24, I mean, we were in the hospital for two days. Yeah. And it was just like love and care, like to the utmost level. You know, it's really moving. Yeah, that's great. No, it's a, it's a, it's one of the experiences we want all our families to have. But I think one of the, again, the most rewarding parts of this is it's, it's all like you mentioned that room full of people. It's not just the doctors like myself. It's the nurses. We're all working as a team, and there are other, again, other aspects of medicine where you're the only person sort of interacting with the patient. One of the things I love about this is we're we're working with multiple people to really all do the same thing, which is have a healthy mother and a healthy. Uh, child come out of our hospital and I, yeah. it's, it's a great aspect to be a member of a wonderful team like the one we have at Sharp. Yeah so I you know heartfelt thank you oh, you know and, and pass on that thank you you Absolutely. know to your colleagues. We, we will. Let's talk about you know the the private community aspect and the research that you guys are starting to do you know what is the gap there and what's the importance of it? Absolutely, no, great point. Uh, so one of the things that really moved me from when I was trained at a university hospital and I stayed there on as faculty for three years was realizing that most people weren't seeking out their care, uh, having their babies at the university hospital. In fact, more people were delivering at Sharp Mary Birch. And interestingly, mm-hmm. it is the largest delivery hospital in California, the sixth largest in the country. Wow. Uh, at one point, it was a baby every hour. It was close to 10,000 births. So That's we, we, incredible. Still, I did not know that. Uh, yes, it's been amazing um, how, how well they've really organized and built up an infrastructure of, of over 70 obstetricians that all deliver their patients at, at this hospital. And it's continuing to grow. That being said, I realized that if you want to look at an intervention that could help a child, uh, for instance, one of the studies we're looking at right now are, are situations like when your son is born. If a baby's born emergently or, or needs assistance right away, is there something we can do to sort of jumpstart that baby to give them a better boost where they mm. end up staying with the parents and not ending up in the NICU? And one of those uh, methods is a, is a technique called cord milking where we squeeze the umbilical cord a few times to give extra blood to that baby mm. right as they're delivering that child. And we were able to do a study like that at Sharp May Birch Hospital in about one year, what it would have taken us about four years to do that at a university hospital. Wow. And now we're at a point where, okay, we're, we've now done this several times and we've been recognized. 
we've gotten four grants from the National Institute of Health, which is kind of the most prestigious federal grant. And now we're leading multi-center international trials where a lot of hospitals, private and public, are mm. sort of collaborating with us where we can do studies not of only of a few hundred babies, but a thousand or 1500 babies like this, where we can continually sort of impact kids and have kind of a global impact just outside of San Diego. But it's been huge. I think what we wanna do is, is really focus uh, the idea that most people get their care at community hospitals. And that's where research should be involved. I mean, it needs yeah. to be an in integral part about community medicine and not just at university hospitals. And I mean, as a consumer, to me, I mean, you know, that just logically makes sense, yeah. right? I, I wanna go, I wanna learn and get my research, study and results from the place that has the most practice, yes. has the most volume of these procedures and, and things happening. Yeah. To study that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's it. Uh, we we've been really grateful. One of the beauties of a place like Sharp Mary Birch is just when you're at a big organization like that. There's a lot of levelness. Um, I see my CEO every week. I can go into her door and talk about things. It's it's a, it's not a top-down system, and I mm. love that leadership role where we're all sort of all partners. Just like you said, in the in the OR we work together. Well, the same thing with administration. So the organizations invested heavily. One of the challenges we have at a private hospital when we talk about the differences is we don't have medical students, uh, residence fellows, mm -hmm. really what the term we use is quote free labor where people are trying to get a degree so they'll be willing sure. to do things. So we pay people to do the same kind of work and we have the volume, but it ends up working out really well where we can have uh, the hospital really invest in what we're trying to do because they believe in the mission of, of trying to use research to help improve outcomes for those babies. It's phenomenal. And in, in, you know, with all of this research, need funding to make these things happen yes. you know I know that you, know, you guys are the only private community hospital to receive funding from the National Institute of Health yes say a little bit more about that yeah I know so the the first time we we uh, we received our or applied for our first grant that that was the challenges how do you go where you don't have a track record when I started in 2013 at sharp we didn't even have a grant office we didn't even know what uh, the process of actually getting an NIH application was like but we had the infrastructure, we had the babies, we had the volume, and we, we basically sold it as, we can do this study here in half the time. If you give us four years of funding, we'll do the trial in two years. And we, we advocated wow. for that. And, and, and we said, it's not just a you know, pat on the back for us, but it, it's good for our patients to know that a therapy works sooner. The sooner it's out in a publication to the public, the sooner than other people will change practice and help improve more uh, care for future babies. So often we see studies and I see this in the field of medicine, they just languish for years and years. And a therapy that should have been done 10 years ago is now being implemented uh, you know, to help babies. I and mean, it's outdated. Exactly, exactly. So we need to continue to move things fast and move them forward because other babies are being affected negatively until this information gets out. Wow. What it, can you, sh I know you, know you can't share personal stuff obviously, but can you share some examples of some of the case studies that you've been working on in yeah. the last couple of years yeah, absolutely. that you see are impactful? Yeah, I, and I, you know, um, we have lots of cases that I think were, were really influential. One of the things we, we did several years ago was looking at the idea if a baby's not breathing, at birth, the first thing we want to do is provide oxygen and, and open up the baby's lungs, hear that cry we all love to hear. I'm yep. sure when you heard your son cry, that was like, okay, God, thank you. You've, my, he's finally made it forward. That was the miraculous moment. Right, and that's what everyone's listening for in the room. So what, when those babies aren't breathing at birth, everybody, you know, everybody's on edge and we want to be able to get that baby to start to breathe. So we, we, the first thing we do is we cut the cord and we take that baby and we, we go to a corner of the room and I'm sure you, if you can remember back, you know, there was a lot of people huddled in the corner and they were trying to breathe and get your baby to start breathing. One of the things we've, we've learned though is that 
If that baby stayed attached to the mother for just 30 to 60 seconds longer, they'd actually get more of this blood that was sitting in that placenta mm. and had stem cells and had um, iron and all these nutrients that that baby could use. And this is really important for the preterm babies. We said, what if we could bring that stuff to the mother right on the bedside where we could actually breathe for the mother, breathe for the baby while the baby was still connected to the mother and have a little table to do that. So in 2013, I approached a family. We'd never done this before, and I was honest with her. I said, look, we could, do, we could try this for your daughter when she's born, breathe for her while she's still connected to you, and we'll use this as a pilot to, to show the NIH that this is doable, and we want to do this as a large study. And she agreed, and the, and the baby came out, wasn't breathing, but we were able to start breathing for her. And then she came down to the uh, NICU. She was born 14 weeks early, but didn't need a breathing tube, and now is a healthy, beautiful four-year-old. And that case study was really instrumental for us because it had never been done in the U.S. It was wow. sort of like experimental. People yeah. were sort of talking about it. And I think those sorts of things where you just like, let's just try it. You know, what yeah. do we got to lose? There's no harm. We're just trying to keep the baby connected to the mother. What's It's natural. It's what people used to do. And, and those sorts of things have really been instrumental for us to kind of be on that leading edge of, Right, here are therapies that will save lives, will improve outcomes of babies who normally would, would not have as great of an outcome if they had didn't have this blood or the extra support. So th that's just one example. A lot of the things we focus on are, are at birth, yeah. at resuscitation, what is different, what, what could we do that we're not doing enough of. Um, and I think a, a, for me as a, as a physician and, and as a parent, I'm always thinking of studies that I'd want my own child to be in, which, which is mm. people look at research as, well, are you experimenting on babies? Is that really ethical? Right. Well, if I'm talking about therapies that literally people used to do, you know, before they had obstetricians, they would keep babies connected to their cord or they give them extra blood, their own blood, nothing right. experimental. I'm not trying to do new drugs or things that we're experimenting on. Those types of studies to me make sense as a parent because you're like, look, could it give my baby a better chance? Maybe. It may not. It's a 50-50 shot. Either do what you're currently doing or try there's something. there's not a negative to there's it. There's not a negative you know, aspect. It's a positive outcome or no outcome. Exactly. And, and so that's one of the things we've really strived to do. The other thing we've done, we've taken people like you, people that have had a birth experience at our hospital, whether it be a positive one or whether it be a baby who ended up in the NICU. And we said, look, here's a study that I'm proposing to do. Do you mind looking it over and weighing it? And so when I talk to our ethics board, we can say we've had parents weigh in. So we have a parent committee of 20 mm. parents that have had babies at our hospital that help us. And I think we need a partner, just like I partner with families when we do care for the baby. We want to partner with parents when we develop research. And it's not just about the doctor at the bedside telling the dad, here's what we're going to do and, and you need to sign this paper. It's like, no, no, let's, let's figure out if this works for you and if this is the right thing for us to do on babies. And that's made it really rewarding for me because we're, we're, we're having parents that, that are just appreciative of the, of the chance for their child to experience sure. something different that they may not have gotten at another hospital because they're not looking at new novel therapies for babies. Right. You know, I, you know on, the, on that note, what are some of the therapies that are working on right now that you see are important? Sure. And I, what do you see out in the future that, you know, is, maybe it's just conversation or idea right now. Yeah, no, great, great point. So there, there is a number of things for both preterm babies and full term. For, for preterm babies, one of the things we're really trying to do is when a baby's born, whether it's eight weeks, 12 weeks, like I said, almost four months early, they don't have great lung development. So they, mm. need, uh, they need to be hooked up typically to a ventilator for them to breathe. The, the catch 22 with that is that same ventilator that's puffing air into their lungs sometimes can damage the lungs and they oftentimes have problems with breathing, asthma, long-term lung problems. And what we're trying to do is, is find ways where we can give them 
medicines that help their lungs, but not having to put a tube you know, mm. into their throat and put, yep. put them on a breathing machine. So uh, a couple of things we've started to do at Sharp is trying to take some the same medications we'd have to put into their, uh, the breathing tube to aerosolize them, give them mist therapies, things that are more non, what we call non-invasive that they could just inhale, mm. medications that don't have to be so invasive. Um, and the other things are things that are just, again, going back in time, which is uh, aspects like kangaroo care, which is where you keep the baby connected to the mother in terms of having the parents hold the baby and keep them skin to skin then rather than in an incubator. A lot of those things have also been shown to be helpful for babies in terms of uh, improving their outcomes. And for full-term babies, we're also looking at other therapies to help protect their brain. If, if God forbid, another situation where your son wasn't doing well and they were worried in the NICU that there was brain damage, we're now doing things where we're lowering the body temperature of babies to protect their brain. It's been shown, and you've probably heard this anecdotally, that if you lower the body temperature of somebody who has a brain injury, you actually can save the brain from having Reduce further the damage. Reduce swelling and the pressure. Yeah, like a near, someone who has a near drowning accident in the ocean has a better outcome than in a jacuzzi because that brain, if it's active, it uses a lot of energy if it's been mm. damaged. And so we're applying that same therapy for little babies to help protect their brains and having better outcomes. So. A lot of them, again, there, there are things where if you've got, um, if you've got the approach for a study, it's like, okay, I have a chance to maybe help my child if I enroll in this. It's not way out there. It's not something that we're, we're looking that could be you know, uh, an untested drug. A lot of what we do um, in our field is use what we currently have but try to do it a little bit better. It's, I mean, it's, it's really it's, it's the miracle of life that you're preserving and yeah. giving that kid a chance at healthy life yes and not dealing with complications from challenges at birth that arise you know at four ten you know teenage years yes exactly and one of the new things that it's been great for me just uh, well actually kick this off uh, this summer for the first time in our hospital we said well do our outcomes do we have to just focus on outcomes in the hospital yeah getting out mm. of the hospital and breathing and doing things on your great but what about those long-term outcomes what about being a toddler a young child so we now have just opened, we'll open a clinic actually officially this summer called the Nemeth NICU Follow-Up Clinic. Hmm. It'll be the largest clinic in California seeing all these kids um, at two years, at four years of age where we'll do developmental testing. It'll be a service provided to these families and we can see how well they're doing developmentally and provide them therapy. So it's nice to see that we're not just in the hospital but we're kind of extending out into the community as well. So I'm really proud to be part of that as well. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, on, you know speaking of community, what would you what do you want our community to know you know people that are listening to this and people out there you know how do they get informed what else what are some action steps that they can take absolutely well we have a great website uh, it's okay. sharp.com forward slash nri nri stands NRI. for the neonatal research institute got it so you can go to our homepage. it tells you all about our studies how to learn more enroll ways you can help uh, contribute if you if you want to be part of any of our studies but it, it has a lot of information of where we're going in the next several years with our future planned trials. Uh, and we do have some social media pages at Facebook. If you just go to our main hospital page, Sharp Mary Birch on yeah. Facebook, there's a lot of information as well. But the main thing I want the community to know is that we're here trying to really impact the care of babies. Our hospital is not just a place to check a box off and give birth. This is a hospital that's really trying to evolve and really do cutting edge research. And that's something we're not typically known for uh, because it's a private hospital label. And I, I think right. the main thing is um, we have a really active neonatal research program. I love it. And I, you know, for me, it's just, it's a no brainer. I wanna go to the place that is delivering the most amount of babies and also get my research and results. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know. So, I mean, Anoop, thank you so thank much you for you know, personally me. from me to you for what you do. Thank you to Sharp Mary Birch from the Carmody family. Thank you, Chris. You know, we have a healthy baby boy because of you guys. And I love that you are the leader in this and doing the research so that other families in our community and around the world can benefit from scientists and doctors like yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Folks, this has just been a special treat to have Dr. Anoop Katharia with Sharp Mary Birch in studio with us. Remember, get to sharp.com backslash NRI. Check them out on Facebook. But go get educated. Share this information with your loved ones. And remember, get out there and rise up.